everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read It and Weep. I'm Alex. I am uh, recording live. Well, this is the budget we have. Nope. Why does it do it? Why is it like just that? Just click on, click off, next, like a guitar pedal. You know, right, we'll it's get not next, like right, that. Next episode, right? It's not. Thank you, as um, the, <laughs> the budget we have does not allow for that problem to be solved for some reason, but it does allow. It requires, in fact, that one of our hosts must be present in Portland for the finale of the Portland season, and so I have taken that bullet. I am recording live from Southeast Portland, uh, from wow. the deck, from the from the deck of my host's house so that I did not wake them up. Um, so you may hear the sounds of crows fighting over their territory at some point, um, as well as anything else. Crow. Have you named them yet? They, I'm, this is going to sound bad. They all look the same to me. Oh, you're right. You saw that it was going to be bad. And then you said it anyway, I couldn't stop myself, but they are, they are all so crow like, um, or ravens. They're very big. Who knows? Um, They're actually ravens with crows. (laughs) They're gonna remember your face later and be like, "We don't this this man. We don't know." I have been giving them all of my treasure. I just oh, yeah? say things in English that they can't understand that are kind of crow racist. Anyway, let's move on. The point is, I'm recording from Portland, which means holding down the fort in Los Angeles for me. It's Megan. Hello. Uh, th- thanks for joining us. Um, also joining us from Northern You're California, <laughs> it's Ezra and Sarah. Good morning. Morning. And from Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris. Hey, hi. And rounding out our panel from lovely Burbank, California, it's new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, guys. Bonjour. Ah, hello, hello. Uh, so, so, so great to talk to you in a variety of languages. We are today talking about Season 18, Episode 14 of Top Chef, the finale of Top Chef Portland, titled, And the Next Top Chef Is. Um, before we start talking about this episode... Um, just a quick plug, uh, if you have not listened yet, in your feed earlier this week, as and Kyle and I sat down with a couple of magical elves. We got to talk to some real-life elves, guys. Wasn't that fun? They were really awesome. I, I mean, liked it a lot. The I, acoustics I, inside their toadstool were, was impeccable. It was excellent. Yeah, it was really good. Um, they... They had a good time too. I, 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 they, the PR person told us that it was their favorite interview of the whole marathon interview session. So, oh my they, god, we were first I... also though, so they were fresh. Right? <laughs> At the time, it was, yeah, that's true. We also got to them first, but we did, we did make them play a little game. Top, top chef, per, or yeah, quick fire, quick mm-hmm. fire. Top, top chef producer, quick fire, quick fire, and uh, and it went in- incredibly well. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, and it was just just cool sure. talking to them about it. Just like to hear their enthusiasm and like Top Chef Amateurs is very different from Top Chef, but I think it's going to be a fun thing to watch. It definitely is fun. We watched the first couple of them, and I think actually, well, by the time you're hearing this, these are definitely out. Um, the 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 first episode or two are out. They're half hour episodes, so it's a breezy little watch. Um, a couple. I'm trying to remember our key takeaways. One thing was that they, in all of the wonderful talented home chefs that applied. They leaned towards people who were very familiar with the franchise. They picked a lot of Top Chef fans. And so their favorite part of the show was just watching people's jaws drop when they walked into the actual Top Chef kitchen and then met actual Top Chef contestants. So it's, it's almost like, it's like a fan fiction show. Yeah, it's like it reminded me of MTV's Fanatic where like they just take super fans and then give them this like experience with their celebrity like fan crush that would yeah. blow their minds, and, but then also somehow put a competition on top of it. Like, I couldn't imagine doing this because I would be so overstimulated. 
Oh yeah, it it seems so intense, and they are then like the problem of cooking on unfamiliar cooktops seems much harder for them than it does for the professional chefs, and the pl- problem of the clock seems incredibly difficult. Although one of the things we talked a lot about was how helpful the pros were at that. So they you get a top you get a, an actual Top Chef mentor who cooks with you, and there's very strict limits on what they're allowed to do. But one of their most helpful function is being like, you should start plating now. You're not going to have time to finish this immersion circulate, like that kind of stuff. The hard-earned knowledge that they had. Um, they also, other key takeaways from this, um, they de- the contestants definitely have no hint at all about what is going to be, what they're going to be cooking on the show. So they're incredibly complicated meals of, and cheese bowls and stuff. All of that was completely off the cuff, which is very, very impressive. I I want to I don't want to call the elves liars but like I still have a hard time believing that. It's tough and I but they they seemed like not only were they so confident about it in this show which they were involved in so it seems like they'd know but also that that is like a crucial part of the top the top chef ethos is that there is no hint at all. Like Iron Chef will lie to your face and be like, "Oh, what a surprise. They just had 2000 broccoli recipes ready to go." Uh, but but this is this seems like it might actually be a real genuine difficult challenge i mean one of the challenges we watched was risotto and you have to like if you're if you're going to be on a top chef show you got to assume they might make you make risotto you know yeah but uh yeah it was really fun i i I think you guys will enjoy the episode of us and i also also think you'll enjoy top chef amateurs yeah yeah Um, check it out check out the uh interview and uh i don't know find us comment on facebook twitter whatever yeah let us know what you think also um my favorite key, if you go watch Top Chef Amateurs for the first time, my thing that I recommend looking for is watch Blaze's face and decide if you think he's having fun or not. Ooh, <laughs> that does sound like a good game. <laughs> um, uh, him and his amateur, I felt like, did not jive as well as some of the pros and amateurs. Well, um, I, I don't think uh, Blaze is really made to be a sous chef. <laughs> that is true. I, I'm not sure he's a team blazer. Ayo. <laughs> I think he might be best as a solo act. Um, all right. So that is that is our pre-discussion. Let's talk about the finale, you guys. It's happening. Yeah. We've made it. We've made it to the end. We've relocated to the Willamette Valley. We've located to the, the Willamette Valley Vineyards, which is a perfect place to take your family on Parents Weekend if you happen to go to Willamette University. <laughs> or definitely Clark also, maybe? Yeah, nearby. Uh, yeah, you can do it yeah. from Lewis and Clark for sure. Yeah, okay, I cool. only have done it when. Drive. Yeah, it's a bit more of a drive, but well, but also they did all their sh- shopping for this challenge in Portland, which is at least an hour from where they were cooking. So they spent a lot of time in their BMW letter number letters. Red card. Letter- <laughs> what a what a great red car to be in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom's favorite red car of all time. Um, it does look extremely cold there when they are shooting in the morning. Uh, there's some wind blowing that dawns. Dawn is like visibly shivering during the yeah, I felt uh, real bad. explanation of the challenge. But the show itself is reaching a boiling point because the chefs are tasked with making the f- best four-course progressive tasting menu of their lives. Which I guess I hadn't thought about this, but now when I'm saying it, it seems like when Padma says that, they could be like, I might try harder later, too. I don't know. Yeah, to date. You know, or just, yeah, just, just yeah. go out there, have fun. I don't know. You yeah, shoot for a personal best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? um, they have to make a, uh, which, by the way, a progressive tasting menu, obviously, is a tasting menu that believes people should have healthcare. All right, nah. so Here's first. Quick question, quick question. How long after 
the last challenge is the finale, do we all think? Because they looked pretty, pretty well rested, I would say. Oh, interesting. Um, Because yeah, normally I would say like a three hour break to sleep. But yeah, I guess. And they, well, they also had to come in from the coast because they were sleeping in Willamette, in that area. Yeah, I bet right? they had a couple days. Yeah, they maybe had like a couple days, two to three days. I think Just it was more. Production? It looked oh. like the, the weather had changed, but I know they couldn't well, they, have been gone for that long. Well, they also went from the coast to the, and they were yeah. in a different part of Oregon from the previous part. So it could, I, I'd be surprised if it was more than a couple days just for like the time, like everyone's on the clock. So you do want to kind of get it done. And there's, it's not yeah. like they had to bring, remember the old days when it would be like, hey, it's finale time. And they'd show them getting off a plane again, yeah, but with totally different. different hair. Yeah. They've yeah. looked at their past best of the season. It's like, okay, well now I've learned this other skill also. And I realize I'm not going to be as much of a jerk this time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, now I'm here to make friends. This one is like, uh, this is straight into it. Maybe a short break, but pretty well, quick after. Lots of things I had read in the last couple of days indicate that the entire season was filmed over like September and October. Yeah, I, I I try to remember. I've definitely read the number of weeks at one point, but it was it is entirely filmed like continuously over like a kind of shockingly short number of weeks, all things considered. Yeah, plus a couple weeks of quarantine. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad they did let them get a little bit of sleep. They certainly deserved it at this point, and you do want the um, you want everybody, you want everyone to succeed at the finale, despite her efforts to not succeed. Um, so before we get there, first. The chefs must revisit their favorite local places to shop from earlier in the season, including that fun side yard farm and um, the Mercado and oh, the uh, Japanese market. My, uh, that's why this is familiar. Yeah, it was sort of like, it was sort of like the end of a sitcom season where they're like, "Hey, remember that time?" And then they go back and do the earlier episode things. Um, and the, yeah, they were to- like, "You could drive all the way back to Mount Hood." And no one took them up on that. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very, despite how nice those red cars looked, they did not do that. Um, they also got to get their own pick of sous chefs um, with the selection brought to you by everybody's favorite block, knife block. Um, and it turns out, as far as I could tell, it does not matter what order they drew knives because they all picked the exact sous chef they wanted. Yep, everybody's buddies. That's it nice. seemed like a best case scenario, and if you'd done it in the reverse order, same people. So yeah, it was great. It's a good selection of Sue's. I was actually very pleased with the three people they got to choose from, and they seem to be as well. Gabe is partnered up with Maria, who cooks a lot of the same cuisine. Shoda got Byron, who shares his pre- precision and technique, and Don got to cook with Jamie, who seemed also emotionally resigned to being eliminated at one point. Um, oh, <laughs> come on, man! <laughs> sorry, it's uh, this. The, they I worked mean, yeah. well together. They, they worked, worked great really, together. Really, really well together. They worked Don and Jamie well are great chefs. I th- this this shade is. It's just uh, um, it is a, the. It is hilarious. I mean, this was a perfect outcome for Dawn for the uh, the season she's had. This is exactly how it was supposed to go. I would love to have. Oh man, so many fun outdoor noises! I'm stressed out about anymore. Again, sorry. Um, Your mic more. isn't picking any of it up. Good, good, great. You yeah. guys did not hear the church or the train. Um, one just went by. The other one, I think, is stationary. Anyway, um, despite their recent brief respite from their last cook. Um, they also get a short break after doing their shopping to dine with some of the judges. So Greg Aww. made a duck curry. Rich, Richard made what was called on the screen pile o' beef. And oh Dale God. offered the meanest joke in Top Chef history. <laughs> that was oh, what I he brought it. to the potluck was I loved it. pooping on your parade. But then oh. he also made Dungeness crab rice. So he made up for it Two with things. like the dish that <laughs> yeah, made Sarah like... 
if yeah. your name starts with uh, R through T, please bring a mean joke and a rice dish. <laughs> I wanted that rice so bad. <laughs> it looked good. The pile of beef looked a little too piley for my taste and beefy, that but was alarming. Like the it was so many too bones bony. too. It yeah, was so, like so there was bony. steak under there, but I didn't even realize we had to like rewind like three times because it just was like a, a heap of bones. It uh, was like the edible version of like a mass cow graveyard, uh, <laughs> which is intense. Wow. Yeah, I thought how I would okay. describe it. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay, let's go back to it's the, a lot of go- bones and dead cows. How else are you going to describe it? <laughs> let's go back. <sighs> um, yeah, this is like the place that like like Simba would hang out in if the, he was not allowed in the cow area. One hundred percent. So, but uh, okay. Uh, so, Kyle, you want to defend Dale's t- comedic timing on this one? Oh yeah, because like instead of making, I I I defend it wholeheartedly because no one else could say that with a straight face. This, True. this is like the natural progression of Dale's like persona this season as the chef guide who calls it like it is doesn't really sugarcoat things but also like doesn't sugarcoat his joy he's like run this back i want another dessert like he his his bald face openness is what made him really charming to me this season so him coming in and like doing that deeply corny joke to introduce a meal it is it is just like the the perfect ending of like what okay. he's been for this season. But let's talk about your audience. So you think because as far as like knowing your audience, Dawn looked like she would murder him where he was standing. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like if you bomb with one th- at least a third of your audience, it's still doing well? That's not bombing. That's hitting because <laughs> she believed him. <laughs> the joke is believing it was about to happen and then it not happening. I, I will say, um, at Leprechaun uh, on Twitter agrees with you. Dawn was wrong. Dale's joke was the best joke ever. <laughs> uh, Would you rather you say, like, hey, guys, you did such a good job, and we made you a nice family meal. Yeah, yes, sometimes. That's look, all you have to do. It's exactly your job. Sometimes, and I, I say this as a person who doesn't always follow it in his own life, sometimes you got to let a joke go and be a person. Yeah, that's well, that was his opportunity and he totally blew it not this time though <laughs> i stand by the joke i loved it, it i loved it, it. I, I love dale Re- I, I replaced I tom with dale too, but it was so mean um all right so and then and then we're off so shoda kicks things off in our in his four course meal by doing sushi one way three ways um gabe uses his head cheese and dawn tops her previous record by leaving off between one and three components from her dish depending on where you were. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, guys, it's about personal bests. That's what <laughs> this is about. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, there's three more courses, and that was the end of her dawnness. But, yeah. um, Plus, actually, her course was like, people really liked it. I mean, they uh, thought it was that's, really good. That's the key to the season. We're going to talk a little more about this. Some, some, there was some mail and some Tom comments, yeah. in fact, about leaving yep, things yep, yep. off that we'll come back to. But, um, yeah, it's that's the, that's the fascinating thing about Dawn is like, two-thirds of her food is better than other people's 100% of their food. Um, mm-hmm. In the in the second round, uh, Shoda... Oh, by the way, did you know that vegetable is not a scientific term? Did you guys know that? That there's no actual definition what? of... Vegetables aren't real? There's a, there was a great... Okay, actually, that makes sense. NPR yeah. Science Podcast. So, like, fruit has a very specific definition. Vegetable is just a thing chefs say for the tasty part of a bush. Like... 
there's no actual <laughs> difference. Like fruit is very specifically the external ovaries of plants and vegetables, just like whatever we want it to be. Okay. Anyway, they're not actually called ovaries. Let's not. They, that is literally what science says. Um, wait, wait, anyway, wait. if we're going to spin off that fish also, you had to throw them in there as yeah, well. Fish don't exist. I did not know that one. Tell me it's, more about that. There's a whole book, uh, but Sarah introduced me, so she should get first cry. Well, no, it's just there is a book called Fish Don't Exist, and it's not about food, but you should read it. But also, if you think about it, everything in the sea is not all the same thing. It would be like if right. we called all land dwelling things like landies. Like we don't have all that. I much think we should common. for sure. We should, yeah, I think. You, but <laughs> but well, yeah, like, right. So that, that I don't even think a manta ray is a fish. It's a manta ray, but a flounder <laughs> and a. Salmon, they're fish. And the tuna. But the species, yeah. the diversity of species of quote unquote fish is just as different as like your flounder and your manta ray. Yeah, well, so it's like a... they don't have the same, um, uh, like, I guess, anatomy that you'd expect. Like the things you think would be, oh, yes, these are all both all fish. Like they don't, they're not coming from the same place, uh, I guess, uh, genealogically. Um, and so it, it's just, you can't actually say like, oh, yeah, this whole pile of fish, this is all fish. Nah. Not well, so here's okay. Um, so, this yeah, is a very it's, good, it's a, very it's interesting cool addition. This is a great addition to the, but it does completely ruin my joke. Which was this after I told you that fun fact about vegetables, I was going to say, just like Shoda's second course, my thought on vegetables was just aside. It's a vegetable aside. I did a vegetable aside. Wow, tough crap. Sorry, Alex, you were getting pretty choppy there. Yeah, you oh, might want to re- redo that one. Yeah, no, really? No That's what happened. You, you you cut out a lot. Okay, just you, boy, because I felt like that you. bombed really, really hard, and I was stressed out about it. Yeah, we just I couldn't was... hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we still kind of can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. if you got it on local and it's a banger, <laughs> keep it in the can. But I'm gonna keep it. We in can't action. react to it. Me me bombing will be part of the fun. Um. All right, so am I good enough you to continue? you at least tell us what it was? Because I do want to know what it was. I The reason I was telling you about that vegetable thing was because Shoda and I both created a side. It was a vegetable aside. That's what it was. Um, anyway. Oh, oh, wow. All right, wow. now you get this all the love you deserved. It wasn't internet. <laughs> internet knew. The internet knew. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to borrow a joke from uh, making it and ask if your feet hurt from taking such a long walk to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shorter walk before we talked about fish. But anyway, um, so Gabe then makes a scallop aguachili that is apparently pretty close to top scallop and dawn makes a seafood gumbo and tom criticizes her for having both components on the plate she really can't win literally at this point in the show she cannot win a cow for the third course a cow is a course of course of course third course of course uh everybody makes beef and they're all great except uh, although shoda decides to undercook his rice so he can't win either and we all see the writing on the wall Lastly, all three of them absolutely nail a dessert course, which makes this one of the weirdest finales in Top Chef history. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that uh, part. No uh, drama in the dessert. <laughs> it was a no drama dessert course. Um, the weirdest finale finale. Um, and then Gabe is crowned a winner and everybody's happy because they don't know uh, that there's about to be a Paul cast over the season, a, a Paul Quee cast over the entire season uh. as... Gabe becomes well, we don't want a second yeah, canceled not top quite chef. A Paul Ke- yeah, Queen. let's. I don't want to. I don't want to conflate those stories, and I don't want to talk about Paul either because that's so dark. Everyone, I would just love to not talk it. about Paul either. Yeah, I guess j- just in yeah. in the sense of um, former Top Chef contestants who will not appear as judges on future episodes. 
that is a thing that those two men have in common. They won, and yet yeah. it'll be like they never existed. You know for sure Shoda and Dawn are going to be excellent contributions to the all-star panels in the fr- in the future, and we'll just never speak of Gabe ever again. Man. Yeah. Okay, so how do we wanna how do we wanna tackle this whole thing? Yeah, so um <sighs> I guess I'll give you here. Let me just give you a quick sampling from the mailbag. Um, so Catherine was, ugh, that is all. And then Alicia was like, ugh, this is uh, most of the season was so good and the ending was so bad. And then Allison opted for, ugh, with way more letters. So that's maybe where we should just start. It's just an overall, ugh. ugh. <sighs> it's such, it's so, it's so bad. It, it, like, because I read about it and the, the timeline. The timeline is not great for anyone or anything. No. And it sounds like at least some production staff might have heard something before the finale. Now, mm. who knows oh, that's interesting. what they what they heard or what was going on when and by that point you're filming a finale, right? Like what what can you do? I, I there is a producer quote, it's an anonymous producer, but someone did say we're not going to recut the season because it would do a disservice to everyone else on the show. And I do think that is absolutely fair. It's, I think it's awful to let one person's like terrible behavior take away from the achievement of a whole group of people like cast and crew combined, but it just is so awful. such a lovely season, such a like wonderful season with so much camaraderie and so much good food and so much cool stuff they did to really like, highlight an area and it just feels like this fart at the end of it it's so awful I, 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 well said and um one of our listener males just referred to jane referred to it as uh was, this was a fart noise ending yeah um, exactly and on, i will say in defense of recutting viewer, the whole season though in defense of recutting the whole season imagine if the entire season padma was just pretending she was on a ghost hunt and then they just never showed gabe anywhere I mean, that would be hilarious. And I, I also <laughs> want to say, like, I, my experience as a viewer, also, I sh- I'm not trying to prioritize that over people's experiences with him actually out there in the real world. Obviously, the worst thing is that this happened at all. It's just also a yes. shame that it feels like a bunch of people who weren't even following this since the story hasn't been widely reported felt like they got gaslit by this show, too. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that... It's especially weird if you watched the entire show without doing any reading and then started to see the news reports, which like because we live in the extra material of the show. So we were always there. But if you just watch the show like a normal person and then you got to this and you're like, oh, wait, now all and then it would just like all come crashing down because he seems like such a nice guy on the show. Um, and yeah. so it would be. Yeah. Yeah, real uh, crushing blow to find that out afterwards. And the timing, because it was so immediate, it was like, hey, this was the winner. This is what's been happening. You just, you got nothing and then you got it immediately. And so the timing does feel kind of weird. I I assume no one makes a reality show now without doing background checks and without having well, some sort of clause that's like, if we find out afterwards that you're a piece of crap in your real life, we're going to take something some part of this away from you or whatever but the the really insidious and like the thing that i can't get over with this is like i don't think top chef i don't blame top chef for having him on the show though because the timeline is this filmed in september and october he was fired in december after the show had filmed and he had already won and the things that he like did the relationship he had with an employee happened over the summer 
both during the pandemic and before taping. And it came to light in like November, December after he came back. So like, well, so let me add just for people who are maybe just getting into this at this point. So there's for the entire season we've read, there's been rumors of other things. So we know he, we did know he got fired shortly after the season wrapped filming and he won. He got fired from his job as executive chef of Commodore in Austin for repeated policy violations was the stated reason. And the owner would give no more information. Um, And then there were a lot of people in the local chef community in Austin who filled in a lot of details, but in the anonymous message board sort of way. And so we've been sort of cautious with some of those extra details. The main new reporting is from the Austin Statesman Journal. I'll have a link in our show notes to the archive.org version of the page where you don't have to be a member of the Austin Statesman Journal to read it, which is helpful. Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, but the owner has added that it was for his po- their policy against sexual harassment specifically. And Gabe has now uh, made his statement. His his explanation of things was that it was a consensual relationship with an employee, um, not his wife, uh, but a consensual relationship with an employee. And then he cut her hours for reasons that had nothing to do with their relationship being over, which were if that after were the he thing came back, after he after came he back, back from yes. filming top chef yeah yeah, yeah. like if, also if i don't want to the... say i wasn't trying to defend gabe i'm just no pointing of course out not. This, i know, like, I, know. I was just filling like, in oh no no i i, I just want to make this extremely clear i think gabe is an absolute creep yeah and it's just such a like it, it, it's so disheartening to watch this season that was driven so much by like positivity and support and what seemed like some semblance of emotional honesty. And then for the takeaway from this season is the person who won was basically lying to everyone they were with the entire time because yeah. they built up this story as a, a family man who yeah. did like some, it's just the a, fact that a, he's constantly talking about his family on the show is mm-hmm. grosser in hindsight when you know how he actually treats them. I mean, it's just tough. And this, this, uh, the truth, I hope, will get sorted out um, because it seems like there's potentially a lot of people who are, are going to get hurt by this story, as there is with any type of story like this. And it's a big restaurant industry story, right? It just, like, it sucks whenever that runs up against the the illusion that Top Chef is so good at creating, that there's, like, yeah. these excellent, exceptional, talented people and hopefully they're also really good people that you're inspired by and want to work for. They're like deserving both as talents and as people. Yeah. I will so, go ahead as well, I guess, is there a way to take in this like new, like deeply problematic information without kind of collapsing it down one way or the other, where just like saying like, look, we probably did see some real parts of Gabe. And also there's other information we didn't have. And it's not that you go like, you, you know, you don't have to like toss it out, right? Uh, and say like, oh no, this other stuff doesn't matter. Uh, no, none of us wants yeah. to that. You don't have to like toss out what we saw in this season also. I think it's just saying like, hey, we got to see a part of him. And clearly this person was like liked um, and has you know, some good things and has also at the same time, deeply problematic stuff that he's going to have to deal with. Um, I think just without having to collapse down to like, he's always been a creep and we've been, li- creep and we've been lied to the whole time. Um, we don't have to do that. Uh, either we're just saying like this is this is a unresolved sort of like like mess i think just keep it as a mess i'm not sure that's how i feel watching it not that i because i don't i don't know that like he's always been a creep i don't like 
the, the fact is this just takes all the fun out of talking about him and enjoy, and watching him. That's, for me, mm-hmm. that's it's, totally it's, true. The fun is gone. And like the conversation that sometimes people like to have in a situation like this is like about separating art from artist. But Top Chef is literally a show about the artist. It's a celebration of artist. So there is no separation to do. We can't enjoy separating an artist when he's a sex pest and a and a gross yeah. monster and a bad boss. I, I, think, I think we definitely can't celebrate him. I think we yeah. all agree about that. I think, and that's unfortunate because we really love to be able to do that on our. It would be so amazing yeah. to be able to celebrate right. the cuisine that yeah. he was preparing. It was yes. really exciting cuisine and it's something that deserves more attention. And it is a shame that that is not getting that that yeah. has been completely overshadowed by it, him. It, it does not feel good that we can't do that for sure. And I think, I think the one thing that this makes me want to remember is that the easy thing to do in the situation is to separate him and demonize him and say, he's a bad egg. Let's move on. But clearly there are so many problems mm-hmm. in the restaurant industry, yes, in society at large that he is highlighting and we can't just, you know, prune him off and move on. Like, yeah, so a, there was a bunch there. of interesting post-season um, commentary from some of the chefs and judges who, it seems very fair to say, did not know anything about this at the time. And so they're having also a weird reckoning with this, having been part of celebrating him. And then they're also getting the rug pulled out from under them. But Padma tweeted about it, and she talked about her experiences in the restaurant industry. Um uh, Brittany from this season had a great post on Instagram about her experiences dealing with this sort of thing in the industry. And I, I thought Gregory even had some interesting comments about why yeah. this does matter and why we can't just let it go because it is not just a bad egg. It is a problem that is rampant in the industry that we do need to deal with and we I mean, need to address. Everybody, everybody suffers at the hands of sexism, misogyny, the patriarchy. Everybody suffers, you know, not yes. just the victim. Yeah, and, that's and, a beautiful yeah. point. And also like... Yes. I mean, it's such a like so much good stuff happened in this episode too. You know, like I, yeah, everyone so many did. things that would be really fun to talk about. Shoda yeah. was like, "This meal is so good, they're going to shit their pants," which is not normally a compliment to food. Like, there's so much things I'd like to talk about that have nothing to do with it. Yeah, and I mean, I think like in on the food level, this was a really good finale. Like people, people made some mistakes. You know, Don left some things off a plate, which absolutely broke my heart. And Shoda's rice didn't turn out the way you wanted. You like, cooked rice general, right. It oh, was man. very successful, and people cooked really beautiful food that was all really distinct, and it seemed like something they really believed in. And yeah, on that level, it was a super successful finale. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the other two people's food more. Uh, just to let's let's enjoy that. Besides the two problems, a little bit more. Um, Shoda's had this amazing run this season where he's won an obnoxious number of challenges, been the top almost every time. And I was watching him plan this meal and he's like, I haven't done this curry yet, which is my favorite food. I haven't done octopus yet. Like he had that many wins and he had kept so much of his powder dry. And that is just yeah. incredible to me. Well, I think yeah, that's and a he sign was of really like... go ahead. Oh, th- no, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it was so cool, like, it, you know, for him to be like, oh, I'm going to cook like a really Japanese Japanese thing here that, um, you know, really kind of that we don't move see- the limiters on the throttle or yeah. whatever analogy you want to use. But like, he no, was definitely anything forward. Fast and Furious related. I, yes. I felt uh, like nervous for him the first time he said, though, it's like, I think when he was describing to Byron, he was saying, like, it's not going to be the most complicated. Like, we're going to 
like yeah. it's not the hardest thing. I was like, uh, I felt like like I felt like he was holding something back in some he way. Where he was shot a little bit. Yeah, he was making mm. it easier for himself, right? Uh, and I think they talked about sort of like like the the more like family style meal plating of his uh, of his curry dish. Yeah. Um, so so I think it's the kind of thing where it's like they it didn't seem like he was going to actually blow up. Like it wasn't going to be a problem. Um, and and you kind of have to actually be going as hard as you can where there is actually a high risk of failure. You have exactly. Um, I think you have to take a, sl- a bit more risk for the finale to actually win. And he was doing what he's done a lot this season, which is cooking very smart and paying, knowing the ch- time limits and and knowing what he could do. Except for the rice, that's why the rice is so inexplicable to me. That he just in, didn't cook en- the rice enough in the amount of time when he was doing everything else, even a little bit cautiously, and he still didn't get it. That was I don't think just, he was, that was the hardest part of this episode for, to watch. I think for me. we're shortchanging him on that dish. Like he did make mistakes in like changing what his second course was going to be on the fly. Like that seemed to be a bigger mistake. Yeah, he than, undershot like, his octopus too. Yeah. yeah, he he changed that, but like with that curry, it's it's a. Uh, a rustic dish, but I don't think it was as simple as we're giving him credit for. Like he cooked that beef tongue overnight in an yeah. oven that could not be opened or else it would cripplingly like destroy. Like oh, they yeah. never talked about how good his beef tongue tasted. And I think that might be an editing shift where they weren't showing them like abs, like the stuff they absolutely loved in his dish and highlighting the, the problems to make it clear that he was not going to beat Gabe. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, this is a classic problem with the finales. A lot of the finales feel exhausting, and it's because they have 12 dishes in this case that are all insane, and they're so incredible. And in order, you can't do enough justice to the family meal beforehand, to the Dale's joke, to the shopping, to the cooking, and then to each of the judging of these 12 dishes you have to focus on the negatives. You just, at some point you have to cut some compliments to make room for yeah. it. And I feel like that definitely happened too. Cause apparently the people who tasted his tongue thought it was stupid in a good way. Yeah. yeah I, just stupid. Good. I, I, <laughs> said, those elves did have time to put in a red herring oven doom edit. <laughs> that made me so <laughs> nervous. Like uh, as soon as like they were like putting the tape over the oven and being like, no one can touch. Oh this. yeah. 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 And they like zoomed in on it. No one can touch this. And I was like, oh, it definitely no. felt like someone was going to touch it. They put so much tape on that oven. I thought the next cut was going to be like someone who's not even involved in the show is just like, well, I'm going to go warm up my morning breakfast and then ruin it. Yeah. And then finally when they take the, the tongue out and they're tasting it and they're like, Oh, and then pause, and then like that's really good, and I was like, "Oh, come on, (laughs) (laughs) my poor little heart." (laughs) Oh, Uh, that was that was an intense one. The the one that we're not doing any sort of red herrings with was Dawn, and I, I feel like Dawn got she got done dirty in this episode. I feel like they did her a lot of disservices. The opening of the show, they're doing the flashback for each contestant. And each one is them doing something amazing. And on Dawn's, they, they're like, she's an Olympian turned chef. And then they immediately cut to her just slipping on a wet floor in the kitchen. And that's her yeah, only that shot. Super weird. Why it was so that? weird. It was extremely it weird. Was really and I was upset weird. about it. Uh, actually, with the way that the judging shook down this whole season, too, I, I think because they had this narrative where, like, ultimately, the plating was still an issue for her. And even in the finale, I think that was why they probably had all that focus on her missing components before, even though it didn't matter to the judging at the end of the day. Right. Um, but it was so weird. I'm like, man, 
I wish we'd heard more about how good her food was because it yeah. seemed like this was still a really successful finale dish with an overcomplicated first course. And that was why. Right. She, that's, that's, and Jamie exactly couldn't right. get everything on the plate. The other <laughs> courses were had no trouble at all. And they also looked like normal amounts of course. And that first course was like, it looked like she was doing four courses on that plate. Why did it, the... Why did the lamb tartare need to be in a bone? Like of all the things on there, like why did she also why, have why to would put you put it in a lamb graveyard? A bone? Yeah, yeah, pile of lamb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't it, know. Just, it did seem like a strange edit. Ultimately, when we saw how the season ended up, it's like, oh no, it's just. I think Nina had it. Like we said last week, Nina had it nailed. She's like she overcomplicates some of her things, and then you know once she she got her head back in the game and got back on track after that first course and everything else looked genuinely great. I mean, they all seem to say that the beef cheek was their favorite third course. Yeah. 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 She, she won the, she won the, uh, cow graveyard course. The, I, I, I think Dawn is of the people from this show who did not get, get the money prize. She is going to get the most out of having been on the show. I think her, both the, like the, Ooh. the, the positive, uh, pe- people who love her and want to taste her cuisine um, but also, I I think she's going to come out of this with an increased confidence for simpler plates. And that seems like the only thing standing between her and, and just being one of the most amazing chefs in the country. The food is so and good. That's, and she that's just doesn't have the confidence to leave off, confidence to pare it down. And they say so often in the history of the show, Tom says, like, the simpler dish takes way more confidence and way more experience as a chef. And I think she's just like, she wasn't quite there. And I think this season will teach her that. But I, that's for co- competing on Top Chef. Like, I, we're we're also that like that is it, it's right that it's like confident for like simplicity and like just like a plate of food you want to have. But like, I don't think that this is going to affect her restaurants a ton. Like, maybe she'll have simpler dishes, but she's just going to have that much more confidence in what she's making. Like, I I, I think that like, well, I guess I I mean like so. Even if she had had an extra five minutes to plate and had gotten all the components on that dish, they would have said, this dish has got too many components on it. And I think if you were making like you were cooking a tasting menu at the James Beard house or you were doing uh, a food event or something and I that she's had where, where the time isn't as crucial, but you're still trying to make this incredible portion. She's like she's still putting too many things into it. Because I think she doesn't quite trust each of her components enough. And I hope that she leaves this. And I expect that she will leave this with more trust in each of her components that they could stand alone. That's my yeah, theory. I, I, I hear you. I sort of misinterpreted what you originally said, Alex, when you're like, mm-hmm. I think Don will get the most out of this. I'm terrible um, at talking. No, no. All good. Because um, I was like, are you kidding? Because Shoda's already merchandising and been doing <laughs> so for like... Yeah. Shoda, has, Shoda is by far the person who hired the best social media consultant between taping this season and when it aired. Well, he also... I mean, it helps that he has a winning personality. He's a good-looking guy. He, like, in fact, he know. literally has a winning personality. He was fan favorite, and he got ten grand for that. Right. I, uh, I was thinking about this. Like, I'd love to have a quick discussion on, like, what does it take to be a successful alum outside of actually straight-up winning? Because mm, uh, I don't think that's... That's clear. a great question, because there's so many awesome successful alums on the show yeah so what do you think the key elements are everyone open a good restaurant i mean i I think that's like one of the clutch things is like not just being a chef and like going to a hotel or like a restaurant group restaurant i mean but even like you have stephanie izzard like formed the well she owns her own restaurant group she's like uh, still yeah she's a partner yeah but it's a the key thing is like 
I think you need to turn this into a signature restaurant. That I mean, can they're then, they're like, doing those pop ups of Shoda's uh, uh, kitchen uh, uh, restaurant wars concept, mm-hmm. and that seems. I I don't think we've actually seen anyone take the restaurant wars concept and make a real restaurant out of it that's successful yet i don't think oh I feel- uh, gregory is like in the process of doing that though right and yeah, well that's true gregory's almost there too. that's such a good point yeah so i think that is a great way to be a good alum is to use the learn the learning on the show and the goodwill of the people about that thing and turning it into a great restaurant well and that's also what nina did too is like with uh yeah. the new orleans season nick elmy did have restaurants that are well liked in philadelphia but nina went to new orleans and opened a James Beard award-winning restaurant. That's like, yeah. uh, it, 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 I think Top Chef is great for getting the publicity boost, but to become like the level of chef that's like coming back as a guide, like it, it's just like go there and then like actually show your shit. Let me ask a let me ask a question that complicates that a little bit. Is do we do we think that it is do we think that it matters more your real world restaurant performance or your food tv performance like uh izard is also yeah. crushing it as an iron chef and it also did super well on duels um like some of these people are like doing other spin-off shows other food shows and also to me one of the most successful things you can be is just like a really charming fun judge when you come back because yeah, i'm not think, eating at all these restaurants i think you have to be someone that people want to hang out with you on tv more or less. That's what like, I would like from you. Yeah, I, I think that at least has to be a clear part of it. Where it's like they're happy to see you, um, right? Anytime you pop up, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think they want you want that. And I think you you also have like a clear enough like, oh, I know what you're about. I know what it's like to hang out with you. Like I don't actually know if I could. Like I mean, Stephanie Seymour. Like I, I think just I'm always happy whenever she shows up on something. I think that's one of the that's what gets you asked back to another season or to be a guest. Um, and that may I? Of, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, ju- I just wanted to further complicate this, and I'd love y'all's thoughts. Um, because there is an element of, there's like kind of competing line graphs for me of like success of restaurant and also the time you have to go on shows like this. And I, I actually confess, I didn't know that Stephanie had been on so many other food TV shows, but she struck me as the like banner example of somebody who was great on her season, one top chef, deservedly so, opened up really super acclaimed restaurants, multiple of them, but has really not been back on the show very much as like an alum, as a personality, as a judge. Um, and I always thought, oh, she's too busy doing the work of like, you know, running restaurants. Well, is there so somebody I like, like Dale did... who has a restaurant and like, you know, he had some, they folded, he's around, like, you know, he's Dale's around. It seems in more more of a way to me than like Stephanie. Stephanie and Izzard it, came back for All Stars and beat Blaze when they had to have like their challenge of beating the person who won. Oh their yeah, and she also came back for Restaurant Wars during last year's All Stars. She did, and that was the first. I mean, since she won in season four, um, and I forgot about the All Stars thing, but I was like, oh, the last last time I was like, oh, that's the first time we've seen Stephanie in a really long time. She was on Duels and she beat Kristen Kish on duels um but she i don't know the timeline of it but she is and she is like one of the house people on iron chef she's an iron chef um as well um although on on one of the last times i saw her cooking on something she said i'm getting too old to cook on tv i'm I'm done with this um 
which is very reasonable. It seems exhausting. But in her Chicago, like she is a has a straight up Chicago empire by now because yeah. the restaurant group she worked with to open Girl and the Goat is like the Boca group is the group in Chicago for big restaurant openings. And then she also opened a diner concept, a Chinese concept. She has a bakery uh, and now she's opening an LA restaurant. So like on the, on the scale of like chef, like, like sphere of influence, I think she is probably like top three or four of people. I think think you're exactly right. And I want to say, I think this is, if I was going to make the path to answer Ezra's question, I think that's it. You do well on your season. You put your head down and work on your signature restaurant. You make it incredible. And then as you grow that business, you start to go back on TV to build the publicity for your restaurant group that exists and is already really, really good. So she did the work, the chef work first, and then the TV work second, I think. That's what it seems like to me the timeline is for her. And that's what I want from – I don't want someone who's great on TV and is not actually very good at cooking or doing restaurants. I want you to have – earned that earned it in the in the kitchen and then you come on and you're also incredibly fun to hang out with i i think that's a valid path for sure um i think if you are not like if you maybe skew more to the personality side where it's like we love hanging out with you and like and you have a food point of view but like maybe you won't build that empire i think there's also like there's other ways of getting it where it's like what's the what's the like sort of little niche that you maybe are known for like what's the what's the cause uh even if it's just like this is the one thing. Oh yeah, like I want, I want the 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 line of uh, pantsuits or, or jumpsuits, I guess, from, from <laughs> Nini, for example. Like, sure. Like, I think there's there's lots of ways in. I think that the key thing is like we want we have to we have to see you enough and love you enough to want more. I think, uh, and I think yeah, the food I is definitely say, part there are of that. People on on TV who can't cook, and I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> or like Gail can cook, but I don't. That's not. I don't care about her restaurant group. I like Gail's a great presenter and. Uh, cool person to hang out with on tv but um yeah that's an interesting question and i i do look forward to seeing i do feel like shoda especially will be a great future judge contestant on other shows i would love i would watch him compete on chopped or iron chef or whatever else well i'm Not the guy also Fury so one. excited to see what he does in seattle too because he seems like uniquely poised because like his the restaurant he has now is a karagi uh fried chicken place which is a like a profit mark the profit margins in fried chicken and pizza are the Pretty biggest solid, like yeah. thing that has come out of the pandemic is people realizing that people love fried chicken and pizza and you can make a ton of like a lot more money doing that in yeah. restaurants. Is so there a fried chicken pizza like, yet? Like what? For sure there, there is. Yes. A fried chicken pizza. Either like like either you deep fry a pizza with chicken or I, I, you... I, no no oh, no not that one. Right that one. Okay, great. So on the first <laughs> you put I think you put the chicken on the pizza, you don't bread and then fry a pizza you can listen, but you shouldn't you listen, should, will you do on it you could <laughs> interesting as can i ask you a bread guy question oh yeah let's do it so one of the things that happened on this episode uh was during dawn's prep was she was planning on baking a loaf of bread or one of her breads that night and then instead was like i'll just proof it overnight and bake it in the morning can you decide that on the fly um, yeah. So I, I was curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, uh, um, like you can put your bread back in the, in the fridge and it'll be good. Like the, it will not proof, it will not like be rising a whole lot. Uh, it won't overproof. Be, no, generally That's right. Not. It slows it down. Slows yeah. down the yeast. Right in the fridge. Yeah. yeah. I don't love it. It, it, it. I think the process is called retarding, but I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's literally, it's, it, I know, it just means slowing. I, it's not. Sure, but, okay. but, but other people have ruined the word. 
Yeah. People have taken uh, the fun out of that. But yeah, you totally can do that. Um, and like for the bread that I usually make, um, like I will happily do that for, for 24 hours and it's, 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 it's no big deal. Um, yeah. more, more just okay. keeping it out room temperature would be more the issue. So yeah. Would have been an issue. Okay. Okay. I, I actually was curious about with hers, um, like if it would have been good, the texture would have been as good if she had made it the night before. So that's actually, I, I was more concerned about that. Uh, if she had actually gotten to bake it off, um, when she thought she was going to want to, I feel like that would have been worse. Yeah, my thought was like also overnight proving. I would imagine would develop more interesting. Um, well, if it was a Levon, it would be more Levon flavor. But also that if you just yeah, just like left it in the fridge overnight after baking it, it would be less good than if it was fresh. So oh yeah, um, this is kind of strange. Uh, another component that I wish we got to hear more about because I'm sh- it was good, so they didn't talk about it. I think is what happened with her bread. Totally. Well, it was for the bread pudding too, where like. I, this is just my opinion, but when I have a bread pudding, like I think of the sweetness, not the quality of the bread. True. Yeah. yeah. So, with like more of a pudding bread than a bread. Yeah. Pudding. But the texture of the bread was, uh, you know, wasn't, it wasn't too close. It wasn't too gloopy. It wasn't, it wasn't too loose. I mean, like, yeah, she did a good job, but it wasn't, I, I agree with you, Kyle. It wasn't the point. Actually, yeah. I didn't realize that was for the bread pudding. If that was the case, then like, yeah, you actually would want it to be, uh, the day before and have it actually be a little more stale. Right. And dry yeah, I didn't know that, like, that makes sense. Uh, absorb a, a bit more of the liquid. Um, I, l- those desserts, uh, across the board looked really good. I did not. Oh, they look great. I, I did not. I wanted I, them all. I loved Shota being like, smoke it again, smoke it again. No, no, smoke it again. Run it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I love bread pudding, and that bread pudding seemed incredible. And also, I I don't know why that candied squash was the future of Mexican cuisine and was clearly a Michelin star dish, but I'm open to it. I would love to try it and find out. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to mess around and see. Uh, it seemed yeah, pretty good. Typically, it's not my bag, but uh, no, not mine either. It was I'm, super good. Well, Nothing on squash, but he made it look great. The way I interpreted that is like the idea of a Michelin star dish is like you're not going to get a chocolate mousse that gets a Michelin star because everyone knows chocolate mousse is a dessert. But if you go to a restaurant and they say like, "Yeah, our dessert is squash," and then right. you get something that is squash and is also clearly a dessert, that's the sort of like experiential like original gesture that like is worth like that level of recognition. And that's the sort of thing that I think was where Shota had trouble with his curry was that he was like, this is a thing that my mom loves. And then he served it maybe a little faithfully to what his mom loves. And Gabe was like, this is a classic thing that my family loves. And then he made it in his Michelin star way. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's, um. let's wrap on this. Let's talk do a quick, let's do a, We have a little bit more to dip into the, Oh, last time. Yeah, run it. You couldn't let me have one, could you? (laughs) We're going to run. It's the last time it's happening of the season. We're going to get to this part. Okay. Um, It's the mailbag. Uh, As always, you can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter and by email and on the website. Um, A couple of great things from the mailbag that I want to read. First, Allison says, I live in Houston and I'm so jazzed to taste Dawn's food at some point. Um, she says optimistically with two small children and no extra free time. So maybe not in a hurry, Allison, but you're going to get there. Alice says, I promise not to ask what's missing when my food is brought to the table because I'm only an asshole in theory, not an execution, which greatly appreciated. That would be an extremely Dale joke for you to tell. Yes. Um, 
Jane uh, says, uh, oh, it was such a fart noise watching this episode, just in parentheses. I love that so much. It's such a parentheses fart noise. Um, and seeing what appeared to be a bulldozing victory. Um, is there a possibility that the elves might void the win? I assume these type of competitions have some sort of clauses to protect their brand, um, right? With that said, I really do enjoy the cast of the season and look forward to seeing them all succeed and possibly turn for an all-stars season. Um, I brought this up a little bit earlier, but is there any sort of action that you would like to see the elves take at this point? I mean... Man, I don't know. If they had a cop, it was like, if XYZ happens within six months, we get our money back or something. Because I know that, like, brand sponsorships can do that but does san is san pellegrino mad about this where their money went and like since we don't know the contracts is there anything that would be satisfying to you about it i don't know i mean i think the satisfying stuff is going to have to come on a personal level right like and also on like an industry level i don't know if i want top chef to be the the carrier of of that onus although i guess maybe something public to drive home to people that this is something that needs to be taken seriously in the industry would be better than nothing. I think that 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 is a, exactly what I would like to see now that you mention it. I think that I would just like them not to stay silent on it. I think that is gross. That would be an issue for me. My dream would be that what we get after this is like in between like two weeks to a month, there's a podcast where Padma grills Gabe. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, like a just, like a Frost well, it, Nixon style, something like that. Where like it, it, it not like I, I don't, I don't know. It'd just be a situation where like it's framed around as like the show holding him accountable for what he did, not like kicking him off. Because like this, it is like I hear what the producer says of like it would be kind of unfair to the other contestants because they did spend all that time working to do that. I don't know. It, there is a there. There is something like I empathize with there of like not undoing the entire season, but like if it was a situation where like the show itself was making like asking him about his actions and to sort of like hold him accountable. Um, to what end? I yeah, guess I, also is, like is because he's I mean, gonna say the same know. thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna deal with this through spirituality and therapy, which is probably what you do need." But I just don't want to hear it. Good, the go boy, go seek your forgiveness. I don't care. When change the way the other contestants feel about their efforts on the show. I mean, I kind of I'm I'm thinking through this as I speak, but. By saying, hey, you know, in light of everything that's happened, we're voiding Gabe's win. I don't think that does a disservice to the other chefs. No, I I think it's it's more the re, they they had, it sounded like, I have to find this quote, but it sounded like uh, there was a question of whether or not to like recut the finale. Right. But they wouldn't Um, even have to do that, right? They just come on after the finale and say, hey. This is what happened. Yeah, well, what I, I like, I like if it, especially if it's just basically symbolic, and they're just like we, because I don't know if they could take the money back. Which right, is one probably issue. not. Just like we don't consider him a winner, and then from then on, on Wikipedia, when it says winners, his is got the line through it or something. Right, that would feel <laughs> or fine an asterisk. To me. Yeah, I think there's got to be an asterisk, and that's that's what we're gonna have with the season. I think you have um, it, whether or not you yeah have it right. It's, it's well, just, but I, it's, I would love it if it was an official magical elves brand asterisk, but. 
Yeah, because um, think about it. Yeah. Say there's an up and coming chef who sees all this, you know, go down and has some skeletons in his or her, I guess, closet. Um, similarly, are they going to think, well, I probably shouldn't go on the show because it's not going to work out for me? Or would they think, hey, if I go on the show and win, it'll still be okay? And, you know, not that going on the show is the ultimate goal, but, you know, just how would a chef in a similar position think about the consequences going by what happened this season? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I guess I would love it if a chef did thought had that same thought instead of before applying for the show when they opened Facebook Messenger to send their employee their fantasies. Clearly, and then they just didn't. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, uh, like, I, I think there's obviously much more involved in terms of voiding a win. I think for us to to say that is one thing to block Gabe from ever marketing himself, saying that he was on Tap Chef and won the show like is is sort of a, a different legal question and a different contractual question oh that's right. interesting and, right it depends and, you know, on like the what is it yeah. what does it yeah. mean to void a win you know is that is that sort of like paul where we just don't see him a lot after that on top chef or do, are you actually saying remove his win he is no longer a winner and can never say that he was ever involved with top chef yeah and that's yeah. kind of, of interesting like, a, like sort of like an olympics thing where they're like we've taken back your medal right which i don't you know he didn't uh, like again sort of the the clarifying thing from bravo is like yeah you know while on the show we never experienced any of this you know issue yes he has this personal life and we're upset about it and we're hope he gets you know and you know hope he gets help but um you know to to say to basically nullify you know that that other thing feels like a bigger step and one that's more like a lawsuit and i i don't know it was, just, in terms of like I don't know if he, this is not voiding his win, but this has certainly made his win less fun. Oh, so yeah. it does feel One like we're not celebrating. You know, it's every article about him winning is about this as much or more than about just yeah. chef does good. So yeah, and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for the show's brand. I'm sure they're gonna you know um, or at least reasonably confident that they're going to implement more of a background check and more of a. Uh, inquiry in their next casting decisions yeah. but yeah because it's it's a bummer it's a bummer not to celebrate a top chef win the way that we got to celebrate um last season with melissa winning i mean it's yeah. just yeah you know well it's, it's so a bummer let's use that oh actually one more thing and then we're going to use that to come back to um the overall of the season to do our final wrap um first uh jake on twitter sent along an interview with tom from uprocks where he briefly addressed the issue of dawn's plating throughout the season um wh- the way he said it he was like it he said it like it happens a lot actually on the show and we normally don't see it in other seasons because normally people leave they leave components off of dishes that go to just diners who are not on camera the whole time Oh, yeah. because this season all the diners were parts of the show we saw every single plate come out and we heard every single judge say they didn't get something which may be true yeah it's an interesting point but it I, you know and maybe yeah, i guess dale didn't know that so he would be more angry about it um jordan also offered a counterpoint by email i wonder if the alumni judges were irritated with don leaving components off the plates because they felt like they were never given that much slack in their seasons. So um, both very good, interesting ways of thinking about that. I'll put that uh, link to the Uproxx article in the notes. I I think it's a, I don't know. It feels a little bit weird for Tom to say that that's why he didn't care about it. 
I also wonder if it would have been different if like Tom had been the one who missed an ingredient versus Dale because Dale's not as uh, doesn't have as many votes. I don't know. Um, but interesting that Tom commented on it. I mean, look, fundamentally, the food is always going to be free for the judges, so I don't think you can complain that much. <laughs> Thank you, Ezra, for always sticking up for what is right and is important. I'm just saying. Like, this is, this is look. You got, oh, wait. Unlimited you dessert. The, you had unlimited dessert, all right? This is fair. Did you have the best moment of your show when Shoda bought candy for Byron with his money? Yes, that was... It was that like, was, even if we don't win, I got you this. <laughs> he's the real top chef. <laughs> that was a great moment for you. All right, and then one other email I want to read from uh, Jay number one. This will be our transition in. So um, Jay had... Or is on... Uh, not an email. Whatever, you don't care. It was on Facebook. But anyway, um, Jay says, Overall, I loved the season. I loved the Oregon backdrop. And I loved the friends and family feel of the contestants and judges. Only two moments got my hackles up this season. And both were kind of minor judge judge comments. First, Kwame's anger that he only got crab one way when they, they had all that time, which is especially entertaining because every chef clearly needed more time and crab is tough to prep in bulk. Um, and I would love to see all the contestants mutiny sometime and just cook for an extra half hour. You <laughs> can't stop us. Suggestion. I don't recognize your clock. Good luck taking this crab out of this salad or whatever would be very funny. <laughs> If I put the sauce on, you can't stop me. I don't know. There's there's a very fun idea of mutiny here. Uh, the other thing was um, uh, might have the the other hackle was Padma asking Jamie about the food she made out of the out of okay might Padma asking Jamie about the food she made out of the family box. Is this how you'd usually cook it? Like, of course not. Usually, there's not an insane clock forcing a two hour brisket. What a terrible question. Anyway, so besides those hackles, this may have been my favorite season. The goofy of the the drive in. Uh, drive in to the respect and promotion of the cultures uh, more like this please elves um and then one question that i'm gonna get to later so that's i'm gonna use that to transition to this so you guys on a scale from one to a hundred stumps whoa Ooh, i know whoa. i know there's so many potential stumps right now how well wow we get this, bonus stumps too wow how okay. well did this Ooh. season represent oregon and how well did it represent top chef oregon or portland well, I was going to, you know, it had been Portland up to this point, but they spent the last couple of days at the coast and there was the Mount okay. Hood Drive. Okay. I'd say Oregon yep. overall, which, okay. of which okay. Portland is a large percentage population wise, but they did go to a bunch of other places. The, can well, can we add in the Hankin here like also? Northwest corner ish of Portland. Most okay. of the Northwest, Northwest corner ish, that's true. Um, they did not do a lot of the uh, gas stations on the way to Boise. <laughs> Which are lovely and cultural Oregon's in a big right. state. <laughs> and there's a lot of cool things in Oregon, and we didn't get to see all of Oregon by any means. Of no, sure, okay, by okay. any stretch. Well, how well, yeah. Okay, so but like, if you're the uh, Oregon Tourism Board, did you get your money's worth out of this season? Oh, from the tourism perspective, I'd say this is like in the '90s at least. It was yeah. wonderful. It made me so homesick. Yes, me too. Hundred yeah. percent. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm sitting here recording this. Is I had to be here. I felt the draw of the <laughs> of the state. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, out of a hundred. No, I don't know. Sorry, you have you it's have a very little... mean laugh. You laugh like a bully sometimes. <laughs> you laugh like Dale would laugh. <laughs> oh no! Oh no, guys! I promise I'm nice. Yes, I really, really nice. am. Uh, yeah. um, no, I was I was gonna go to about seventy five stumps out of a hundred, um, mm-hmm. and just just to I don't know put out a, a statement and a react and see if I can get a reaction from you all because I agree the uh, tourism the uh, putting a slice of of the nation a beautiful part of it on TV and and getting to learn more about what it's about 
great. I, I do think that the finale, the controversy, and the, the way that sort of the season ended with a dull thud hurts it. Yeah. Ultimately, when we look back at what was Portland about and what was this, you know, like we, we, we saw so many wonderful things this season, but they're a bit of a thud. Well, and, and I'm, you know, well, so I, maybe just, I got a counter just, to that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Great. Let's hear the if counter. The question was from one to 100 stumps. How much does this represent top chef? And I think ending with a thud, like might put it in the hundred range <laughs> because yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of bad finales. Like over it, the years. Well, it's both like bad finales, but also like top chef has not been like universal and like, figuring out who the best people to put forward are uh it like by having a it 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 sucks that this is like the story that comes out immediately about the winner of the season but also like that is part of a a a a tradition unlike any other (laughs) isn't that the masters i mean this is the okay sorry that would be top chef masters uh what's the u.s opens theme uh but like it (sighs) top chef does not have a sterling a, a spotless record when it comes to picking the best people as its no. tops. It's at least half spots, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You're Hold right. I think about so many wonderful things, like the First Nations episode, and and just uh, I honestly being cold at the coast, a p- perfect. Yeah, you know? I don't know as much about how this represents Oregon or Portland, but in representing Top Chef, I think this is like. Uh, in the 97 to 100 range. And I think this is, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this is a top three season of top chef outside of all stars. Yeah. Like uh... it, it, when it comes to just like fresh cast of characters, good challenges, like interesting dynamics that like I was invested in the entire season. I think this is in that rarefied air with Chicago and Las Vegas. As you grumbled. I... Well, no, no, I'm just thinking through. I, so, I, I, yeah, I would put this like around 80 stumps or so. I was, I think, compared to disappointing finales of just shows, this is not in like the Game of Thrones uh, uh, <laughs> section where it's like, no, it just invalidates all of it. Like, I, I would still, I think, have a pretty good time rewatching a lot of this. Uh, I think I would give it um, maybe eight hankies as well overall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and yeah, maybe like, I, I was just trying to compare it to the other two we have kind of watched in the last year as well. Where it's like among, like, which of these would I rewatch first? Um, yeah, just thinking how much they've grown since Seattle yeah, as a show, yeah. in yeah. the way they represented Seattle, and how frustrated Chris and Tanya were the whole time about how it was representing their their there's and and Sarah about how it was representing your your city, and then to this one where we're like pretty proud of it. Yeah, that's a really incredible journey they've had. I was thinking back as and and Kyle to when we were talking to the elves and one, one of the things i asked him at the beginning was like what do you think is like the ethos of top chef and and how does that translate to amateurs and their their response was that it was about the food in the end and that they like this is what happens in the finale is that they pick the best food they pick the best meal that's put in front of them that day it's yeah. not a show that has a season-long personality arc where they decide a winner based on what you've done and how much you've grown and all this other stuff about you. They pick the best meal they had that day. They do a lot of putting the courses head-to-head and saying which one they'd rather eat if they went back to which restaurant they'd rather go to. Like, it's about the food more than anything else. And um, I 
I, I think that's I, I think that's certainly true. And obviously, if that's what the producers are saying in their producers' meetings, I think that's true. Obviously, true. To me, the thing, one of the things that's the the ethos of Top Chef is the it, it is about the respect for the contestants as well as the food. And this season had an immense respect for the talent that they brought on the show. This is not a show that is. This is not like America's Got Talent, where they bring people on to make fun of them. Um, this is not a show like Hell's Kitchen where they make them like, oh, now you have to drink fish gut smoothies and throw up on camera. Like this is not here to humiliate people. They bring people on and you can tell the panel of judges and all stars loved and respected the people they were meeting and were like happy to make these new friends and were so excited to see what they cooked and rooted for them every step of the way. And so for me, I feel like that part of the season which hasn't even always been there on Top Chef perfectly. They've definitely done some humiliating things. Um, I for <laughs> I think always of the uh, conveyor belt, which we did ask when we were talking about challenges with the elves, if they could do a conveyor belt challenge again. And they were like, we pitched that at every meeting, uh. <laughs> <laughs> which I love. But still, like, they, they still, like, it's this season felt like it had a ton of that heart that I want and respect for the chefs that I want from a show. So I feel like that, already just puts it in the 90 stump range for me. Yeah. And to, to piggyback off of that, I finally found this quote I was looking for um, just for the, the sake of clarity about whether or not they debated doing anything with the season. If you say uh, it's a tradition like any other, the masters, I will laugh very hard. Uh, no. Not the quote you're uh, looking for? Okay. Just checking. No. Uh, it's the, the quote from an anonymous top chef source speaking about the, the Gabe stuff. Um, they had some information before the finale but they never thought about redoing the season since scrapping the entire season would not be fair to the other 14 chef contestants and a production team that endured the challenges of the pandemic to produce the show. And I think that's oh, it. Like, yeah. end of the day, like, yeah, you know, a lot of people came together and made a, a really cool season overall and like, really tough circumstances. And so it that's does feel like, like a special season. That's like getting to the end of filming and then saying, hey, guys, we're not going to use any of this tape and then getting new chef testants and starting from scratch yeah i can see why that would not have been fair to the other chefs yeah on this i was remembering the quote wrong i just want to correct that but yeah in, in terms of like the season yeah i think there's a tremendous amount of respect for people um and taking a lot of time out of their lives to to do something that they really like believed in together and it just yeah that overall i think the the atmosphere was really nice and just thinking back to a couple weeks ago when kyle was trying to fire padma um i think the <laughs> panel <laughs> Tom and Tom, yes, of course. It's not Padma alone. Um, yeah. the 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 panel of all star judges is just my favorite thing in the world. I like it so much. As much I do want Padma and Tom to keep their jobs, but like the moments where like they went crabbing and Gregory, as soon as they sit down with Gregory, he's like, "How you feeling? How you doing? Isn't this yeah, awesome? Good. But you're doing great." Like those moments throughout the show were just so wonderful. Yeah, and mean jokes aside, to have that wrap up with that wonderful like surprise. Uh, Top Chef family meal was just like yes. the perfect cap to that. Absolutely, yes. and absolutely just the, the kind where I mean, what Melissa said about you know being so proud of them and them all being part of the Top Chef family was just so yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, okay, last question um, for the panel, also from Jay Number One, who says, "Where do you want them to go next? Or if you prefer, yes. if you prefer, what sponsor do you want to replace BMW?" <laughs> I want them um, to go to space like the fastest. You have right to go now. to space. That's yes. the only thing left. Top Chef Space Station. They did do a, a challenge where they cooked four astronauts. 
this was in Texas probably, right? It was the Johnson Space Center um, where they cooked for astronauts and then the, the winner's dish did get sent to the space station, I think. But yeah, no, I definitely send a kitchen in a pot to a rocket blasted in yeah. space. <laughs> for sure. I would love that. Um, yeah, this is tough because for the last... 16 seasons when they were like where are we going next i've been like better be portland so yeah how, how, about, how about the southwest Ooh. yeah yeah santa yeah. fe the turquoise fe. season oh i would love that oh my gosh panma's outfits would be nuts it would be nuts yeah that would be fun and some beautiful drives that you would see out of the window of your space pontiac oh yeah. It would be so nice. I think that's that's a winner. I was that's thinking of some place like um, like Alaska or something too would be super fascinating. Well, they already got Alaska and Seattle. Yeah, then so they, here's, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah so and they got Hawaii in the finals of another one. It's, well, right. So yeah. that's there's a couple places that I wonder if where they've done in a group that might deserve its own thing. So Alaska and Hawaii could be parts of that. Although I don't know enough about either of those places to know how many more challenges you'd want to see there. Um, but like Texas got a thick, got all, all together as one thing. So would a yeah, top like chef a Houston, Austin by itself? Not or just, Austin. Or I think Houston's the one that would be, I think Houston's a little bit more interesting than Austin. Oh, interesting. Was. I think of Austin as the Portland of Texas. So I kind of like it. Yeah, um, it used to be the Portland of Texas. Now it's the, uh, <laughs> I, it's now not it's Joe Portland. Rogan's town. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. The yeah. Joe Maybe, Rogan yeah. of Texas. um yeah that's a good answer i you know i would also like to see them um i i I would love if they did a back-to-back portland's and they did a portland maine next year just to see how it compares or it'd be cool if they went somewhere back midwest like twin cities or like st louis or something i was just thinking twin cities no No, chicago is their one midwest one isn't it? oh i mean yeah minneapolis st paul definitely should have a season that would yeah. be a great choice. Or St. I mean, St. Louis, Sarah, I think that's another great suggestion. Yeah, St. Louis is, a, and well, right, St. Louis is a perfect suggestion because St. Louis is like half the Midwest and half the South. It's a really interesting city. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think about cities of that certain size where yeah, it has yeah, its I own like kind of ecosystem, but it's not something you know, it's not New York or LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I could also see them going back and maybe trying to do DC again. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Give it another go. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe make it. This new it, city that's on the on the up, kind of really really recovering from coronavirus. It's called New York City. <laughs> um, oh, could you? What, what if you did like a New York, but not Manhattan? Could you do like a, a Brooklyn, Queens, and then upstate New York for the finale? Is there some? Yes, that yeah. island. Or like Top Chef Oakland, California. You know, oh, like. We, dude, Top Chef Oakland would absolutely rule. There's so much cool great. stuff in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> I would love an East Bay day, East Bay season. Yeah, well, and Chez Panisse is right there in Berkeley. I mean, there's there's some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, also know? Blondie's Pizza. You could do so much great stuff on the East Bay. Um, I like those. There's a lot of great. Okay, there's a lot more Top Chef to do. I think we've covered the bases, so we'll probably be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've named enough places. I mean, we haven't been to the south in a bit. Not since Charleston. Uh, my memory. Well, no, crap. and also yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky, I think, counts as southern. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. So sixteen. Oh, Kentucky, I consider it southern. Uh, yeah. Fourteen Charleston. Uh, Eleven New Orleans. They still haven't done yeah. Nashville, have they? Or am I dumb? No, they've not. Okay. They did do like did, a week and a half. Did they go to Nashville, Nashville for a day? I think they did like it. They did one challenge, maybe two, 
Yeah. They had like the Kings of Leon judge one challenge. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. Have I don't we know. done Atlanta? Yes. Was there a, mm-hmm. That was Blaze's season. No. Oh, that was there. No, oh, yeah. it was, was it? He was from he's Atlanta. From, but... Yeah, he's from Atlanta. They have yeah, not but it done. Was... Blaze's season was Chicago and then the All Stars were. Which was in was. New York. New York. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we've done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing. Why was I so okay. confident that they had an Atlanta season? Um, that's interesting. I, my, I mean, my brain is stupid. That's why. That is absolutely why. We've just um, there's been too many, and they've gone so many places, and we're old and tired. <laughs> yeah, these are all great. They, yeah. Also, um, w- this is not that early to record, but still felt early because I was up very late. Yeah, but yeah, I, Atlanta's a, definitely a contender here. Um, here, here's the only thing I would ask. Actually, is just don't do another LA season for a bit. You've yeah, done, we, yeah. You've done yeah, a lot of LA. No, stay away. Um, stay away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I mean actually this is a f- fascinating place now where they've gotten to where I'm I'm there there is nothing so incredibly obvious that it's like if they don't choose this they're they're missing an obvious opportunity that I'm just excited for whatever they choose now. I think whatever it'll be will be I'll learn something. So I yeah. like that a lot. I believe and I'm sorry to uh, for only remembering this now but wasn't it when they were choosing Portland, it was between Portland and Memphis. That was the room. I, I don't know if I heard ever, if I heard that, but that would be like, make sense. I mean, Memphis would be super interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, all right. Well, I look ride. forward to this. Well, my, uh, yeah. my uh, dark horse will always be Walla Walla. When we get a Top Chef Walla Walla, we'll know <laughs> they truly. Will... Oh, man. They're going to have a, an onion challenge, obviously. They'll do something where they, they'll cook in a cor- out in the cornfields. Uh huh. They'll go to that. They could have lentils. There's a big lentil scene out there. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll bring back Abishar and the lentil scene. Yeah, no. yeah. My uh, my friends who are from Eastern Washington filled me in about all the like lentil growing out there. Huh. Wow. Awesome. Uh huh. Now you have my curiosity and interest, Walla Walla. Let's uh, do yeah. this. Um. Yeah. I I'd, I'd be open to that. <laughs> that would be so funny. Um. Dark horse for for sure. Um. Uh, a dark what was the horse Appaloosa anyway um the horse that's not the mascot yeah it was Appaloosa that was, was Appaloosa. one of the contenders for the yeah, it was mascot Mask- all right anyway this is um super far inside baseball the rest of you and I'm very sorry we met in college in Walla Walla that's the thing you need to know um anyway uh I think that's it final thoughts on our way out for season 18 you guys I guess the last thing I need to say is that it has been just a delight and an honor to uh, podcast with such respect with such a group of all-star podcasters this season. Yeah. Oh, same, same. Yeah. If you guys want to pop up and do a podcast down in San Diego, I'm open to it. All right. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause we're, yeah. Cause we're all stars who didn't win. We could do our, our podcast wars episode. Uh, oh, spin-off. wait, wait, Alex, which of us won? Oh, Hey, great point. Um, Chris, <laughs> Sorry, it was kind of a blur. We didn't get to see a lot of the different uh, ins and outs of the competition today, but you won. Great oh, work, buddy. Wow. <laughs> no, I didn't see it coming. Um, the edit logic this season, but he, he got a lot of ch- second chances, so it seemed like maybe the producers wanted him here. <laughs> they really just trying to keep him around this whole time. Yeah, it really seemed like the judges were just shooting from the hip, but I like the result. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Uh, I think this might be your third year in a row. <laughs> i can't that. be sure but yeah you're definitely yeah hey, big win um, i wonder if just 
here's the thing. Here's a hunch uh, from, from from Reddit for this show. It's just, what if you can only you only know actually one of our names, and that's the only name you ever name at the end of an episode? <laughs> Go home or win. Yeah, I think everybody is named Chris. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like they, which Chris were you talking about? Yeah, we're all. <laughs> well, look, um, it has been such a, a pleasure. We really appreciate all of you listening, and um, to my fellow podcasters and to the listeners at home, you are all my favorite landies. <laughs> You guys remember that from earlier? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Right. I do. Thank, thank you so much for being here, Megan. Thanks for talking to me from Portland and for hold, or from LA, holding things down while I'm out here. Thank you. Thank you, Ezra and Sarah, for another great season. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks and congratulations, Chris. Great work. And say hi to Tanya for us and tell her, tell her that we all miss her. Thanks so much. Certainly will do. And looking forward to catching you all. And next time there's some more Top Chef action. Um, yeah, maybe we'll do a little pop-up show about uh, amateurs at some point. Maybe check in after the season's over. Um, I'd be down for that. Also, new Sarah and Kyle. Thank you guys so much. You've um, another another great one in the books. You guys, we did it. Hey, thank you. Yeah, holy moly's still on. I'll, I'll talk about that any week. You guys, they lit the windmills on fire this year. <laughs> It's amazing. A perfect show. First there was a windmill. Then there was two windmills. And then they just lit them on fire. Oh, man. Uh, It's great. It's back and it's great as always. Um, So, yeah, we might might check in. We can check in about a variety of things. We'll do some. We'll do a bonus at some point. Um, Sports. Sports. We appreciate everybody who has commented this year. Please feel free to write in on Facebook or Twitter. Just check in and tell us uh, another show you'd like to see a bonus about. Um, there might be a second uh, season of that porn show on Netflix that you guys like so much. Um, anyway, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good possibilities for future bonuses, but we will still look forward to talking to you. And in the, in the meantime, you can always hear um, me and sometimes Ezra back on the flagship and read it and weep. All right, that's it. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you guys again sometime in the future. Bye.